space. The final frontier? These are the voyages of the podcast ROA. Its continuing mission to explore contained old episodes. To seek out new strife and iterations. To boldly go where several podcasts, a movie, or three or more, and a few television shows have gone before. It's time for some fan service speculation. Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the best show to revisit life in the 23rd century going back. Going back to the fun times. Yeah, the fun times when things were different. When you could meet your great-grandmother and realize that you're destined to fuck her. <laughs> maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> but who wants to take that chance? You might as well. F- oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I said what we're doing. Deep Space Nine. Every single episode. My name is Wade Bowen. With me is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello. Hello. And yes, we're going through an episode this time called Trials and Tribulations. Yes, this is episode six of season five. It originally aired on November 4th, 1996. Here is the IMDb description. Cisco tells two men from Temporal Investigations how he and his crew went back in time to when Captain James Kirk of the first Starship Enterprise exposed a Klingon spy with the help of Tribbles. This is probably the most famous Star Trek original episode that's kind of covered Back to the Future 2 style by Deep Space Nine. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think, and I think that probably this is probably the the most well-known, I mean, I think that we're, we're obviously leading a revival of fans to come back to DS9 with a more critical, uh, you know, reappraisal of it. That's what we're doing. Also, it's the 25th anniversary and everybody seems to, there's a lot more articles about it and shit like that, talking about Pale Moonlight and shit like that. But if you go back five yeah. years, ten years, this was the episode people talked about the most. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the advent of really when the computer shit and TV got better. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. You know, we had uh, dead celebrities appearing in commercials for the first time. Beer commercials, yeah. Mm-hmm. John Wayne on. We had Forrest Gump came out a couple years earlier. So now, mm-hmm. you know, it's two years later from Forrest Gump. So all that technology probably is, you know, it's a little but more affordable probably for just TV. I mean, we all remember those commercials where Fatty Arbuckle was selling Durex condoms. So. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had had these condoms, things might have worked out different for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> he killed a lady. I shouldn't oh. make a joke like that. <laughs> yeah, all right. right. Well, or did he? Or did he? Uh, maybe he did. I don't... Um, <laughs> you know, if folks want to listen to our Fatty Arbuckle podcast, they can... <laughs> Tune in to our Patreon. It's called Serial, the Fetty Arbuckles. <laughs> right. Those true crime podcasts are really hot these days. We're going to go back. We're going to do the Arbuckle cast. Not about Garfield's owner, John Arbuckle, but his grandfather, yeah. Fatty, <laughs> Fatty, who killed a probe. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, so this is basically the most famous original series episode, yeah. The Tribbles. Everybody knows yeah. The Tribbles. And whenever you look at the, if you go on eBay and you look at a lot of the production 8 by 10 glossy photos that are signed, a lot of them are Kirk holding The Tribbles or being covered in Tribbles. Nibbles deep in Tribbles. Nibbles deep in Tribbles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know that old saying. <laughs> that thing that actors say before they go on stage. <laughs> right. right. We were theater majors. We know these things. Mm-hmm. Cross our heart, turn around three times. All right, I could interrupt And you. so, yeah, and I, what I like about this episode is how, how serious everybody takes their mission. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole Deep Space Nine crew, when they get thrown back in time because of some Infinity Stone bullshit, <laughs> they have to dress up and keep a low profile and not disturb the timeline. The whole thing with the temporal investigations also, I really liked the choice to make those guys tragically bored with their lives and their job. <laughs> right. They're just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a fun choice. I thought that was, that played really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. We hate that. Don't, don't, <laughs> oh, oh, we're, oh, you're always on time. Aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before. You have no idea, lady. Yeah. They're, sort of exasperated by everything that Cisco says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. It was uh, yeah. everything about the framing device of those guys was, was pretty hilarious. Right. I thought it was pretty on point. Now, wait a minute. Is this our first time seeing the temporal police basically yeah. in Star Trek history? Because I know it's a big deal in Enterprise. in Enterprise. I don't recall them showing up in Next Generation. Did they show up in Next Generation? Uh, there's the one where Max Hedrum comes back in time. Yes. Or forward. But I don't remember if there's any time cops that go after them or not. Right. That are from temporal investigations in the present. I think I feel so. Like I, think maybe. Well, sh- I guess the, the notion that the Federation keeps the tabs on how much bouncing around mm-hmm. their captains do with the time. Cause it's so easy to, because they can travel faster and cause there's so much weird space shit. Mm-hmm. This happens all the time to everybody. Right. <laughs> and it has come up when the time cops, as I'm going to keep calling them, Dolmer and Luxley first show up and they're, they're coming to do talk to Cisco about something that happened. At first I was like, Oh, did these guys finally show up? You know, since past tense when he, impersonated some historical figure. Yeah. But no, that's that's not what this is. Yeah, they were doing an Aaron Sorkin framing device kind of deal. Yeah, but no, they're doing this because it's the 30th anniversary of Star Trek and we have to have something special. Yeah, I really like, I mean, essentially, they're coded the way the TV always show the IRS. Oh, yeah. Or sometimes the way that, if you were in a cop show, the way the FBI deals with things, mm-hmm. it was very much like a unfunny and, and boring and ridiculously serious. And I, I thought that was funny. I also thought it was funny that they mocked the original series for how many fucking time travel episodes they had. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, They're like, oh, Kirk. Oh, we hate that guy. 16 different. Well, not just that. The movies. I mean, the movies, the, yeah. the yeah, fucking yeah. whales, you know. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, but I mean, like you watch the third season. They go back in time the a lot. The third season of Star Trek is a minefield of like. I mean, they say, oh, Kirk, he had 16 different. I don't know if that's from actual episodes where it happened or if they sprinkled a few or more. Wasn't there a, isn't there one of the episodes is like a backdoor pilot for like Zap Brandon Time Cop or something? Probably. Yeah, there's something. Some shit like that where it was like Time Crime Investigator. It was like a backdoor. I, we should know more about that, but I, I skipped that episode. I do, never, I ever think watched I, it. I, no, the, of the original series you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, there is a backdoor pilot 
and I think it had to do with a modern day Air Force guy that they were. Oh, uh, yeah. That, I think that's what it was. I, I don't remember the particulars of it, but I, I know exactly what you're talking so about. So Farscape? It was far- <laughs> well, yeah. they, they were where they can get a current day, present day guy so they don't have to spend as much money on sets, I'm sure. Yeah. 60s, what, 68, 67? Yeah, yeah so they, this story takes place backwards because Cisco's telling it. So. Right, right, right. This isn't one of those predestination paradoxes, is it? Right. We hate that. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. <laughs> but not Bashir. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we, we can jump into it, I guess. Or is there anything else we want to talk about? Well, I do. I do like the uniforms that Odo and Worf have to wear. Oh, the, the big old fucking pouches yeah. like Cyrano Jones is wearing. <laughs> yeah. The, the cargo short suits. Yeah. Those... The cargo short. And they look particularly striking on Odo. He, yeah. Uh, he wears it well. Yeah. This episode... I really enjoyed this episode, and this episode just, I don't want to, uh, you know, cross-pollinate too much, but it just made me, kind of made me mad at Star Trek Discovery. Well, it sounds <laughs> like, like we all just want to talk about Discovery and this episode. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It takes place, we, what we have here is that we have, in canon, we have a character that lived you know, in the during the original series time period, we have oh, Dax. about Dax, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I think this is kind of where we can go. Is that she's very excited to be back into that time, and it's been made out to seem like a fun and interesting time. She's got friend. She's friends with the bad guy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, right, right, yeah. Koloff. And she and- wants to kind of just pop over and and have a look at him. You know, he's in his prime. Uh, she remembers what it was like. It was a good time. She fucked bones. She fucked bones when he was at Ole Miss. Yes. Yeah. She's like, oh, it makes sense. He's a doctor. He always had hands of a surgeon. Yeah. And it's not even just Dax's, yeah, her wanting to go back and, oh, this was such a fun time. I just want to relive it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I would too. And then even just like the criticisms people have about discovery, about the technology and the canon stuff, like when they get on the turbo lift, there's a whole scene with O'Brien and Bashir where they're embarrassed because they don't realize that there's the handles on the turbo lift that you have to hold. Yeah, right. And say, "Oh, deck twelve. It's well, that's, just like that's a, that's like a that's a Star Trek trope almost by now too. Is whenever you go back in time and you don't know how to use the old timey equipment, right? Like, but but those turbo lifts and stuff, you know, it's explicitly pointing out. I'm sorry, just me hating on Discovery all of a sudden, like that the technology was not as it was different. And now we have in canon that you had to hold onto the handles and say what deck you wanted to go to. And Discovery just didn't bother with that because they're like, oh, we don't have to worry about that because we're changing the tone because we can. And they can. That's totally their prerogative. But it's like, get, what are you giving up? Or what are you setting aside I want to tell this futuristic story that we could tell, but we could have told it different. Well, they were just, they just really wanted everything to look like cool shit. That was their thing. They were embarrassed of Star Trek's heritage. Right. And they were like, nah, it's more important that we have it look like cool shit. But couldn't you have spent, I, I was noticing this, and I, the technology and gadgetry is one thing. But just the sets were another, and I yes, I get it that usually like they're cardboard painted sparkle gray. I get all of that, but you know it's just very it's not cardboard, but it's plywood walls. It's really basic. It's, right, right, right. It's right, not right. interesting set design. But you can 
do it different. Yeah, you can... Still having the sense memory of these things. This is some set designing stuff. But they just do like red gel washes over these Mm -hmm. bland walls. That's the way they did it in the original series. But you can also... You can have walls that glow red that still have the feel of that, you know, you could still do a lot of these right. things. You can update and, the look and make it look cool, but without having to just change, mm-hmm. you know, you can change it, but there's a way to set design to update yeah. things. You know, like at the end of Discovery, spoilers, I guess, they show the fucking Enterprise and it looks different. It didn't bother me that they put all these fucking windows in the old version of the Enterprise. Like some people I'm sure it did, but you know, you could, there's things you can do where you, you keep the essence of what is going on. Yeah. Like, I never thought that the J.J. movies were particularly offensive in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like, how they updated it never bothered me. But it felt right, like Discovery right. had to push it, like, crazy further past that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, they still they still talk to each other on screens and stuff and use, yeah. commu- like, mm-hmm. handheld communicators. Yes. And I guess they use handheld communicators. And they passed one floppy disk to each you know, right. in the, but then, in, then like the site to site transport and stuff, which I know was fine. I was like, this is all sorry. This is like four minutes of nerd corner. No, this bitching is the, about. this is the place to talk about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. this is the place. Yeah. Like I told James earlier, we're not gonna trials and tribulations, tribulations rather. It's a fun episode. It's kind of like what are you talking? There's about? not a lot going on. You're not gonna, yeah, there's not a lot. <laughs> it's basically a bunch. It's a nostalgia trip. Yeah, which is fine. It's kind of neat to see how they cut it together. Right. It's like what they didn't realize they were doing then is what kids do on their editing bays now which is just mash up old shit <laughs> you know um i you know i before we started the podcast i sent you that edit of the one scene of obi-wan kenobi and oh uh, yeah you yeah. know c- going back and forth between episode four and whatever episode three episode three three yeah. yeah and it was like set to the leftovers music and it was done really well and basically what we have here is we have a syndicated tv show doing the same thing just to celebrate their 25th anniversary and it just they took a lot of care they had a lot of care and respect for the original series in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. i mean they they paid homage to their characters and the sense you know like the spock line with dax oh yeah where she was like oogling them mm-hmm. and cisco assumed he's so much more handsome in person Eyes. Right. And everybody's like, oh, well, yes. Kirk had quite the reputation as a ladies' man. Not him. Spock. Right. That's cool. So then you have that. And then another way they play, like, they talk about the particular tricorder and how oh, yeah. and Dax She's just loved the finish of it and the design. Black and silver. Black and silver <laughs> highlights, yeah. And then O'Brien, whenever he's actually in the guts of the ship and he's afraid to touch something because, it, you know, it looks how haphazard it's all like strung together. He's afraid he's going to fuck something up. And Bashir says that's kind of like how you run things. They're very into making these connections Mm -hmm. between the old and the new. Yeah. 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 It doesn't seem like that is. They're they're there to have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, right. And it's a good, yeah. And it's, yeah, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot of little things like, the the framing device, I guess we should did we pointed out the framing device of like they go back in time, but it's because there's this the, the bears the yeah the Klingon the secret Klingon spy right. So there's Mister Cisco is explaining they go to pick up these people off of Cardassia or some people in Cardassia. Card- well. Yeah, Cardassia is giving back an orb to Bajor. Right, it's they're the, giving back an it's orb. It's the infinity orb of time. Yeah, yeah. And then they've picked up this Mr. Waddle who's been on this Cardassian planet. And he's like, oh, 
Oh my God, humans. So nice to see humans. Oh, do you know what Cardassians drink for breakfast? Fish juice. It's disgusting. And then we get the nice joke where O'Brien and Bashir are, are talking about Worf's BO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> this guy they pick up who's, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it made me wish for the Klingons to come back, even though they're barbarians. Oh, no offense. And they stink. Uh, yeah, like, oh, and they smell bad. And then Bashir and O'Brien are like, no, no, I like the way that you smell. It smells like, uh, you know, it's kind of earthy, peaty, with a touch of lilac. Then go forward, they kind of talk about, like, Dax has, like, I have my own ways of torturing Worf. Like, no, just, if you'd see Worf just mention, do I smell lilac? It's a nice little joke. But anyways, this guy that's so excited to be back among humans, turns out he's not a human at all. He's this Darwin character from The Trouble of Tribbles, you know, like Ash Tyler. Oh, spoilers, sorry, we just ruined Discovery for you people. (laughs) Some people haven't bought... CBS All Access. I do want to point out that it does, like, all of his tricorders do read Klingon because they, like, Jim, this man is a Klingon. Oh, like, but so that's a different way of doing it than that. Oh, yeah, they, got, they got worse. Like, right. well, they were I in did. Burnham's Day, Klingons were better at hiding it. And then by the time they get to Jim Kirk, <laughs> right, they don't. Fuck it. Let's, the, the, let's just do this the easy way. <laughs> I did rewatch Trouble with Tribbles. Before this, I, did too. I watched it today, and it's not just they scan it and he's automatically a Klingon. They skip over that in Trials and Tribulations. Huh? In the original Trouble with Tribbles episode, he scans him and it says, "Huh, he has a uh, his heartbeat." They put more details into why, but he yeah, re- yeah, but he just he scanned as a, I mean, he's a gym. This man's a Klingon, but he's he's got details to back it up. Yeah, in the original, he's like he's got two hearts. He's got blah blah blah. He's got blah blah blah. It's not even two hearts. It's like well, something's in the wrong place. His heartbeat and body temperature are different, but that doesn't cover up the fact that whatever they did to Hugh Colbert couldn't have figured that out <laughs> the first time that's, he that's put my, a tricorder that's my on point. his time. Wait. That was our point. Well, my my point, uh, I don't want to get in the nerd corner about it, but it's it's two things. The way that I saw it, because Discovery takes place 10 years earlier or whatever, is that they have more advanced techniques to figure out if you're Klingon or not by the time that Kirk is scanning this guy. Body temperature? The only two things he points out, it's not that he's automatically a Klingon, but maybe the heartbeat and body temperature are enough for the scientists of this days to realize that's what happens when they bioengineer a human Klingon or whatever. I don't know. The way that Discovery nerd corners every little thing to where you can say, but actually they didn't say that much in Discovery, the same way that I'm trying to pull them a little bit of slack. It's a differently than in this episode of Deep Space Nine, Trials and Tribulations, he just says, Whoop, this man's a Klingon. In the original episode, he says, oh, his heartbeat's higher and his body temperature is higher. Oh, he must be a Klingon. I'm just saying it's a little bit different. That's all I'm saying. All right. Okay. I'm just pointing (laughs) out the differences between the original series episode and this one. That's all. I know, but I'm saying that I was using the original series episode for basis for my my point anyway. Mm -hmm. He says two things, but he says he's a Klingon. He's... He says why he's saying he's a Klingon, but that doesn't change the fact that he immediately got to the conclusion that he was a Klingon. Right. Well, but the thing is, this is 10 years later. Even when (laughs) Colbert was doing it, I was recognizing that 10 years later, they'd be able to do this a lot faster. I guess I guess my point I guess my point is, is that it was he was looking at vitals that my wife can pull. Not like super secret special future medicine, his body temperature and his pulse. 
And by the t- looking at the body temperature and the pulse variations, he could tell that he was right. a Klingon. But whatever they did to Ash Tyler obviously masked those two 19th century vitals that people checked. Well, again, oh shit, we're spending 10 minutes nerd cornering this, but I will counter that to say that maybe if someone's heart rate and body temperature are higher than normal, you don't immediately jump to, he must be a Klingon, unless you have precedence. Well, they, they in Discovery, they jumped, they, they said over and over and over that the scan, like, right, right. there was a near-field inhibitor that was, which exists yes. today. I mean, that's how your amiibos work. He basically had, an, he had human amiibo chip on his bones that fooled the tricorder in a discovery the Klingons in in the trial and tribulations didn't have that my point is in the discovery <laughs> again I don't, didn't want to it's not worth in discovery body temperature and heart rate alone wouldn't be enough to say you're a Klingon unless potentially they already had it set up that there were fake Klingons and they had these shortcuts to jump to that conclusion because it because of precedence. Okay, but he could also. But then it would have just led him to say, "Jim, this man is having a heart attack while also having the flu." <laughs> well, that's my point. Because of precedence, because Klingons did this kind of things before. Yes, I'm just saying they masked that on Ash Tyler. If Ash Tyler had a, a double heart rate, he, if his heart rate was going 240 mile beats a minute, and he had a temperature of 120, that they wouldn't have okayed him for. for yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. But it, oh, it's not worth going over. <laughs> just it's, not, saying. it's not. Maybe, just maybe. You shouldn't be fucking around in the sandbox with a prequel, you know? Well, yeah. Well, that's, that was my... All I wanted to say was it was different and they'd said less in DS9 than they did on the original series. Sure. But anyway, so he's on the ship. The actor looks uh, like he's like a, got a Casey Kasem like uh, youthfulness to him. He looks exactly the same, just older hair. Yeah, same Brooklyn accent. Yeah, same Brooklyn accent. But it was the same actor, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got the same actor. That's what I'm saying. He has like this Casey Kasem facial timelessness. Oh, uh, okay. For a 70-year-old man, I don't know. I thought he looked the same. I thought he looked exactly... His hair was b- bigger. But I thought he looked basically the same. According to IMDb, it's the same actor. I watched a 30-minute documentary about it. It's definitely the same Well, actor. my cursory research shows here, guys, maybe inconclusively, that it was the same actor. It was maybe. the same Nobody actor. Nobody can really know. It yeah. might be. It is. Because uh, I, 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 he was. I, sure. <laughs> it could be two different actors with the same name. He looked good it for his be. age. I'll give him that. That He was looking good for his age. I am. That's all I was saying. Uh, he looks uh, startling like Thomas Lennon in the original. <laughs> yeah. But uh, not so much after a couple of years. But um, yeah, so so that's, that scene was fun. He, he's got a funny countenance. Like, he's a funny character to me. I don't know. They cast him because he was cast before, but he's not who you'd really cast to play a Klingon spy who had crawled through a river of shit for 100 years and still ended up... Well, he he was, uh, you know, after the Kirk incident on Trouble with Tribbles, he was disgraced, so he went off into hiding, and he's been hiding and pretending to be a uh, human merchant in this scarcity he could just go back to earth and just live i guess but he's been pretending to be a, a merchant in the hundred years since this waddle guy mm-hmm. uh yeah he's he's been eking out a meager living they say it's like mm-hmm. i thought everybody lived great so he activates <laughs> but, uh, the time stone yes and, uh, yeah and sends them all back to the past and then they get to this beautiful sequence where they have to put on the outfits to go on to the Enterprise and Deep Space oh, yeah. Seven Nine or whatever K Seven K Seven or thing K Seven yeah 
That's a cool shot. That's one of my, that's a fun sequence. That's a super great sequence. Yeah. And then Bashir is shitty at history. Why are you wearing red? Uh, or Brian's like, you dumbass. They had to do every little, yeah, they had to do every little nerd conversation that. Right. Where uh, engineering wore. Ops wore gold, engineering wore red, and Dax cussed it. And women wore less. Yeah. Yes. I'm pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bashir goes, a hubba hubba. It's like, oh, curse. <laughs> yeah, he uh, and he continues to be gross. That doesn't. That doesn't oh, stop. Oh yeah, that does not stop. Yeah, here we get a taste of the old Bashir. Yes, we do. We sure do. Uh, in we like d- the worst, right? Tone deafiest way. We talked about them holding the handles on the turbo list, and then his his grandma comes on, gets off, and they're like, "I won't tell anybody if you don't." This whole episode. I mean, everybody who's working at Deep Space Nine. You know, the writers, producers, all the mm-hmm. all the people who are making decisions and you know creative people on that side they're all about the same age they're all baby boomers yes. who grew up on this and look back on the 60s differently as kind of like a cheeky fun thing that it's not how it was <laughs> you know that's one that's one point of view like nobody really I, right. yeah but they also feel like that they get to justify that because they're in continuity they're celebrating a nostalgia for a time where the grossness of the actual 60s don't have to infect their enjoyment right that's that's kind of what i was getting right. at it, yeah, they get this like weird they, they, they get the best of both world yeah they get the they yeah they get to pick and choose what they yeah they get to pick and choose but it's a meta statement i mean this whole this whole episode is one big meta statement oh right right yeah yeah it's meta they get to interact with their childhood past episodes you know right and even they're so excited to go talk to kirk and be oh my god that's the enterprise when they get on it mm-hmm. they're, they're looking for darvin and scanning the decks and everything i do and, like the extended sequence and this always happens in these kinds of situations or not always like not in shows and stuff it just feels like a thing that would have happened is that O'Brien doesn't really know what Kirk looks like. It's so he, oh he yeah, that is, yes, that is very good. If you watch the show, there is these this long extended sequence with Scotty, Chekhov, and some other fucker, and then the dude sitting at a table, and that other fucker becomes like this. It's funny, they, right? That was a very smart scene. Yeah, I expect that guy was just like a stunt double because he was going to be good in the fight that they get in later on or something. Yeah, yeah the guy in the original episode that that they, they had in the gold shirt. Yeah, big yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, in those fight sequences, they wore like uh, Kylo Ren black pants that go all the way up to their nipples in those fight <laughs> right, sequences. Right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like everything about their pants and stuff like that. Right. That's the thing is, I just really do like the original costumes, and I right, right. sick that they keep changing them till it, they work so well. Yeah, they do. Worf has his camouflage cargo jacket. Yeah, with the hat like Spock with his headband and. Boy, Jim. And so then we we get to the the big problem with doing an episode like this with war, right? Is that you have those Klingons and those dumb lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, and well, first off, and yeah, he points out that triples are the bane of their mortal enemies in the the Empire, and they send an armadas out to obliterate the triple homeworld and everything. But yeah, before that is the scene where Bashir wants to fuck his grandma. Yeah, but they have to address this sort of issue. So Worf has to give these sort of lines about those men are Klingons. Oh, yeah. We only talk about it amongst ourselves. Right. And And then they're like, whoa, why? Oh, what happened? 
was it genetic engineering, viral mutations? Like, yeah. And, and well, Enterprise will pick that up, but we don't talk about it. Odo has to get into it, yeah. But the thing that, that's weird to me is even once, like, they get in the fight, and it's, it's Worf fighting these guys, and Worf's trying desperately not to look like a Klingon, but the Klingons... With the augment virus, the way that even they they didn't know this at the time, so whatever. But it's just right. weird. But the the, the bland looking Klingons should be able to tell a, a, a turtle headed Klingon. Oh. It's not like they just got turtle. You know, if the augment virus didn't wipe people's memory, there were still non augmented. But still, it's it's weird that they that's that's why that's why Worf is wearing the hat. So they they can be flummoxed. By telling their own race of people by wearing a funny hat? I don't know, man. This is before they <laughs> knew that. <laughs> you don't have to explain it. I'm just asking the question. Don't overthink so it. It's that, He's wearing a funny hat. That's all I know. So that's <laughs> but that, yeah, you're that's right. sort of the thing. It's like, I was just like, they, they would know. But that brings continuity. For me, it was. It doesn't because continuity hadn't been established yet, though. I mean, yes, if you, if you start watching an Enterprise go to the original series and then to this yes well yeah he's <laughs> not saying that, like Worf didn't say that's the way Klingons always looked right that's sort of that that some Klingons looked like that I think was the issue yeah, yeah. he's he's like yes they are Klingons we don't talk about those it. men are Klingons yeah but your point is that the fact that they don't recognize him I mean I mean Tribbles notice that they're the same why couldn't other Klingons notice that they're the same because he, he's wearing a hat James <laughs> And then he fights them. I guess he's staying away from them. I guess them. that's a good enough answer. But, but he's wearing a hat. He's wearing a hat. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just it's yeah yeah that that was fine. Uh, what's up with the waitresses? I mean, even I know did we see the waitress in the original series? Yes, and she was blonde and she had much smaller. Okay, boobs. I was going to say that <laughs> outfit was distracting. It yes. was, it oh, was, I mean, it was the 60s. It was distracting back then, but she no, wasn't. No, but I, yeah, I mean, like, the way, like, it was weird. But you're, I mean, I guess they were. I don't remember it in the original. Yeah, she had, I, I looked out for it and I was like, I'm pretty sure the waitress is blonde on the original series, Tribble, Tribbles episode, but it has like the little fairy wings in the back and it's just, it's two straps over her boobs. And yeah. Yeah. She was, yeah, but you know, I noticed differences between the actors. Let's yeah, there's a body type issue. You don't, yeah, that, yeah. That the producers of this show have been known for. <laughs> that maybe in the original series were fucking different. Rick Berman, man. <laughs> right. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. they get in a fight and they do this glorious thing where that's where the real sort of compositing genius where oh yeah Comini and 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 these guys are, are, are injured into this fight and sort of within the choreography of Cyrano Jones and it's fun. It's a hoot. That's what. Yeah, it's the most she can say. You know, like and, yeah, yeah. No, this this whole episode's a hoot. And then they go and they get reprimanded by Captain Kirk mm-hmm. and get composited into that scene. Which I mean, it's fine in the original series. I I did find it a shame that they composited O'Brien and Bashir in at the expense of diversity. <laughs> Because there's a black guy in the lineup, they cut out to fit them in. <laughs> but uh, in the compositing scene on the best next on that I watch, or in the making of, I think they were cutting out a white dude. Well, they have to cut out two guys. Bro, Brian, I, I don't know about Bashir. All I know yeah. is that I watched the original series and say, "Hey, look, because Uhura is a great character in this, is, and just for representation, I thought, oh, look, a black dude." Mm-hmm. And then I watched Trouble tri- Trials and Tribulations, and the black dude was not there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, I noticed. But yeah, 
Then they, I mean, I don't know, yeah. whatever. This is boring. Then then it stops being fun. Then, like, Cisco and Dex spent, like, five minutes inside a, a pit of tribbles finding one that's a bomb. Right. Um, and we, we skipped right over, again, I, I mean, I, we've we've referenced it, Bashir wanting to fuck his grandma. I feel like we, we got to go back to that, right? I mean, what bothers me the most about that is... Is that he's like, and I think she was in Starfleet. Mm-hmm. From a writer's perspective, wouldn't it have been better to like for him to know that she was in? It was like thin soup a little bit. Right. Like it would have it been was, much rather. Well, it was his. It was his great grandmother, and she comes on and says, "Your flies, your flaps." I mean, are I know where my like, great grandmother lived and worked. It's not that big of a stretch, right? Well, I don't. My great grandmother, I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I can go to the, um, the overall factory that my grandmother worked. Great grandmother worked fifteen miles from here. I don't. I don't. I don't have that at all. Oh, I'm just my great grandmother. I mean, I'm just saying. I guess Bashir. My I guess if it was just my one little complaint was it would have been more interesting if if he knew for sure that his great grandmother was in Starfleet. Yeah, so I know major details about my great grandmother's life. Both sides. I, well, he does know that she. He's like, I'm pretty sure she was in Starfleet, but he does definitively say no one knew my great grandfather. Yeah, that's pretty bald. There's no history of him. Yeah. So maybe it could be one of those pre-temporal uh, predestination paradoxes. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I, maybe I have to go fuck my grandmother. I gotta go fuck that hot. And, 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 and yeah, like she was. Yeah, and and O'Brien's like, no, dude, you don't have to fuck your grandmother. And it's like, but seriously, I. I should go fuck my grandmother right like, no don't do that it's like you're gonna be so pissed when we go back and i'm not and i don't exist anymore because you wouldn't let me fuck my grandmother and it's like dude don't don't fuck your grandmother O'Brien, o'brien's like really i think i'll live i think i'll live <laughs> <laughs> yeah, o'brien's yeah. hair goes back to his normal haircut too in this whenever he's yes yes also hey hey we have a uh we have a future continuity issue within deep space nine if he did go fuck his grandmother, would he alter his gene line? Uh, spoilers. We don't know. I think if he fucked his grandmother, he would have fucked everything up because clearly he w- is not his own grandfather. Mm. <laughs> um, or maybe he would have fucked up his gene line enough to where they'd need to fix it later. I don't know. <laughs> she was an attractive lady. You know, I think that if Discovery really wanted to ring the bell of fan service, they would have... Burnham and the crew go 200 years into the future and have to do a mission aboard Deep Space Nine, and they cut around <laughs> <Right>. Avery Brooks <laughs> and Odo. That would be the best. That would that that would get my eight bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'd steal that episode. You, yeah, you'd steal that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm not giving them money, but I. <laughs> anyway, no doubt they should they should do that because the Discoveries is as old. I mean, this was for the 25th anniversary yeah, right? of the original series. And was it the 25th or the 30th? Because the 20... it's 96, right? So that's... Yeah, maybe the 30th. 96 would be 30 years. Yeah, it was 30th. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. By the time they get around to that in four more years, it could be the 30th anniversary of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah. True. If Discovery makes it through their fourth season, I want to see that shit. Because they've been shitting all over DS9 the whole time and not giving its due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying we're the most serialized and the best. Just like, oh, fuck off. I got a... Chip on my shoulder about that. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. They also, they also promised it'd be good, too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the biggest chip, ain't it? Uh, <laughs> that woman was hot as shit, though. I'm just looking at a picture of her now just to make sure. 
Bashir's grandmama could get it. Great grandmama can get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she could. She's like, I, I oh oh, you just transferred here. I'll be at sick bay fifteen hundred <laughs> yeah. hours tomorrow if you want to get it. Yeah, she clearly knew she could get it. Too. I, I, yeah, it's like she, she she's a, she's an empowered lady. And she was like not even being. She actually said, "I'm I need to get my cooter checked out." Yeah. And that's yeah. the exact words that she said. That's <laughs> right. so. Yeah, if you want to help yeah. with that, show up. Yeah, Bones is good with that. Uh, that's completely weird that you would say cooter on Star Trek, but she did. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's go back. Go back and watch it. Yeah. We all know that they all, in the 23rd century, they call it a phaser holster. A phaser. <laughs> She's getting her phaser holster checked out. Do they call STDs phaser burns? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Stay away from Cestus 3, man. I got the worst phaser burn. (laughs) No, that's where Kirk fought a Gorn, and Avery Brooks was excited to, he's like, Dax is like, don't, come on, let me go talk to Koloth. He's like, no, you can't talk to Koloth. He won't recognize me. Let me talk to my buddy Koloth. He's like, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Dax in this episode, it's a lot of fun. She's been, this. we've mentioned she's been a lot of fun this season so far. I think that when people love Dax, this is the Dax that they love. Oh, yeah. yeah, Clearly. Yeah, Yeah, totally. fucking fun. She's having a good time in life. Right? She's Yeah. She's like, oh, it'd be so great to see Koloth in his prime. And Hmm. it's like, oh, that's Dr. McCoy. Oh, yeah. I, when Emily Dax, which who was the acrobat, I guess. Yeah, I got timeline issues with that. She was judging athletics competitions. Oh wait, I guess is she say is she saying that because it was a Because I assume that Emily Dax lived to a a common lifetime age. She didn't have an early death. Well, Emily Dax knew slept with yes. McCoy when he was in college, so that would have been not much long that longer than when she was Curzon hanging out with Koloff. Um. So. I mean, so it could have been, uh, it could have been well, like... how old is McCoy in this? He's in his 40s, right? I don't know. He's on Next Generation, so... Yeah, he's in the first episode of Next Generation. It's like 190 years old. Right. As, yeah, he's old as shit in that. But how old is McCoy in in Troubles with Tribbles? That's I'd say my he's point. 40. So he's, 22 years before then. Right, so... I, I'm saying that it's possible and probably kind of cooler if emery dax was old as old as shit and she was 19 year old boy <laughs> oh you know oh oh my yeah. god i'm just i'm picturing harold and maude with like yeah emery well, dax no, but and, she'd had like a gymnast body so you had like a like a jane fonda for maybe 20 years ago harold and mauled it man that's what i want to see because it, it's, it's a fun movie yeah no i but uh <laughs> yeah yeah that, it's, i think that's more fun if, if it was a cougar situation sure why not yeah Yeah. dax can get it too you know she's not because they even specifically made the joke they even made the joke that 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 was like emily curzon's the kind of person that would fuck around or she was like no i or whatever i got you know i got it i got it with him right well uh I, i bet some of our listeners will be able to give us a pretty straight timeline of that because i guess my point is is that she was the same age as bones when she fucked him Mm -hmm. he outlived her by a ton which is weird sure to me so that that's what i was just yeah maybe emery had like a surprise death or something yeah yeah premature yeah 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 there's a lot of things we don't know that we probably should know that's probably knowable we just don't know i have no idea yeah that's what i'm saying i'm sure listeners have got a planned out a lot. I think he's asleep now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I'm boring <laughs> ourselves, myself. <laughs> Somebody call in and tell us, because I don't want to do this right now. 
Yeah, Hugh, what do you think? <laughs> well, Emery Dax, and then Aura Dax, and then Torias Dax, and then Joron Dax, and then Curzon Dax. Whoa, Emery wasn't immediately predating Curzon? No. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Leela Dax, yeah, Tobin Dax, Emery Dax, Aura Dax, Tauros Dax, Joron Dax, Curzon Dax, Jadzia Dax. Joran only lasts for like a little bit, so he's real short. But still, that makes... Because he's the murderer. He's a, that he's makes, a noted, mu- noted musician, yes. So that makes it more likely we got time issues. Yeah, they probably got a lot of time issues. All right. There's definitely people between Emini and Curzon. And Joran is only maybe a few weeks because he's a murderer. W- got sucked out. But Emery Dax was an Olympic gymnast. Yeah, that's right. That's why she's Chase Masterson got to do that when she yes got so, yeah. That's why she's judging competitions at Ole Miss. She's my favorite. So she's seven. She's Chase because she looks like Chase Masterson. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that she was seventy something years old. The only way it makes sense is that she was old when she fucked Bones. Which means that Bones is in the old ladies. I'm, uh, or just means that Emily Dax is uh, that magnetic personality. I know. <laughs> also, wasn't that's what I'm saying. It's a hair. It's a Harold and Maud. Harold and Maud. It. That's what I want. So, are we supposed to think that uh, he's just he's just racist against Vulcans? Because it's. I always thought maybe he was a little bit racist against everyone. No, 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 no. He was racist against Vulcans. Okay, he was, okay. That was the, the he, like the cold logic of that. That's that's embedded in the character. The cold logic of Spock repulsed. Yeah. Oh, he would have. So he, he would like yeah, the, 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 the joie de vivre of a of a trill would yes. excite him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He mm-hmm. he would have yes. been. He's a fun loving yeah. guy. That's that's what I was thinking. I was just he would have been up for that. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. Yeah. Even a seventy year old. No, she's uh, still, fun she's loving. Still, you she's know. probably still a gymnast. Harold and Maud. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying it was like a like a Jane, uh, Fon- Jane Fonda situation. What fucks oh, me I- up is you have something called the eugenics war, and then after that, you still have institutions like Old Miss called themselves Old Miss. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, boys, we we better steer this thing towards our own timeline. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I feel like Hugh, you had. Uh, what were we at now? Because you had point. Did you make all your points about discovery? I don't remember. We were toward the end where they. We were actually. We were talking about the. Yeah, I got pretty much all. I just think that what this was, it, and I really, I think at some point, I would like for the three of us to do an escape pod episode uh, on the, the trouble with tribbles to be posted on our Patreon at at like some point, you know, maybe next summer or whatever, because it is the most mm-hmm. famous uh, original, arguably the most famous original series episode. I think that. It, People have a cursory knowledge of it, even if they're not familiar with Star Trek. You know, they because mm-hmm. the triples are so iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Then we can unpack what makes that particular episode so great because that that episode works on a lot of different levels, character wise, and what basically the Federation is about too a little bit. So this episode has none of that. It's just a fun nostalgia romp for the '60s and the old and old Star Trek. And like I said, you have our characters talk about what was great about their characters and what was great about their time and their designs and their costumes and their freewheeling fun that they had. But more importantly, you had a, a Trek in Deep Space Nine that really cared about their history, like on a meta level and like on a literal level. Yeah. And, and I guess that's what offends me most about the current Star Trek situation is that I don't think that the people who are making 
are the, the new Star Trek even like Star Trek? I feel like, uh, and I've said this on our Discovery podcast, that, that they're embarrassed by certain aspects of it instead of leaning into it, mm-hmm. which is what this particular episode does. Well, it was actually, I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, it was a fan letter. Right, right. And yeah, it's yeah. almost to the point where it, they're not just looking at it as a, as a brand to be pillaged, which I think is what's going on with Discovery. Right. You know, an established, you know, it's like I've always said, it's established brand, the TV show. But you can see the difference in the care. But also, I mean, I'm sure a Discovery fan would write 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 words against our little uh, comment on this because they would say that they are doing a lot of things that, you know, they make reference to the Defiant from this, and they make reference to that, and right. they make reference to this, and they make reference to that. There's a Tribble, there's a Gorn. That's the difference it is, between... It's a difference between Easter egging and, and embodying. Right. There's a difference between having... Right. 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 They, yeah, they throw a Tribble in, and they throw a Klingon in, a secret Klingon, and the Tribble, I mean, the Tribble never goes off, because the Tribble wasn't there... Mm-hmm. For any story reason, they just realized that people would love to throw a triple in, so just do it. Oh, but we've already written this other story, so it can't interact. So you, they very conspicuously make the triple just not be there whenever it might cause a story issue. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> like, empty. It was an Easter egg. It wasn't right. Like they know well enough to know that that triple is going to go off if Ash is in the office with a triple. So let's just. If 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 Ash happens to be in the scene, quick take the tri- just don't take the triple. Just we can't see the triple. We won't talk about it because that's that's not what the show's about. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's frustrating, but no, I I, I agree. So whereas this show, they talk about all the minutia of all the differences and point them out and just kind of and soak it up. And it was it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's what you want when you're doing a sh- a show about this old Star Trek, you want it to remember and That's have a good thing. time Also, with it. like, they went back for, I mean, that obviously there's all kinds of extra reasons celebrating whatever. Everybody, you know, thought this idea would be fun. Everybody got a little boner about doing it. But they did it also to show that they did show by, by the way Dax responded to things. They wanted to imbue it with a more hopeful time because it was going back to when you were a kid. Right, right. When the viewers of this show were a kid and were watching Star Trek... That's the memories they have. So, but that's the problem with doing it now. Yeah, yeah. Is that you can just tell from the people in our Discord that there's not a lot of people under our age. And Star Trek was, you know, shit. It went off the air 10 years before I was born. I watched it because it was on television in the mornings. Right, right. But I didn't talk about it. You know, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a thing I grew up with. That was next generation. I mean, if it was any, I didn't even really watch that much. But that would have been next generation. So it is specifically for a, a, a certain age to go back to that now. You're not catering to the viewers of the show's childhood nostalgia. Unless they're very specifically into the TOS, right? So it's a, it's like there's a it's a no win situation. You're not going to thrill people by doing a trouble with triples like setting, but you're also going to piss off everyone that that does matter if you try to turn it into Game of Thrones in space. So why do it at all? I yeah, you could. I would. It would have even made sense to me if they did it with Next Generation. Right, right. If uh, concurrently with Picard's Enterprise, 
during the Borg Wars or whatever that if this is about a ship during that time period so that you could have at least the viewers that are 30 or 35 and under are having some nostalgia for some shit they grew up with. Well, it's because it, there's a there's like different generation gaps on top of generation gaps. It's like everybody knows that Star Trek is famous for Captain Kirk and Spock, and that's the accepted thing. And then the people making the like less moon vests remembers Kirk and Spock. That's what Star Trek has done. They know it, but do they like it? Everybody knows about like Opie and Andy and Barney and, and aunt, aunt B. No, that liking it's not a part of it. It's like, yeah, liking it is, it's the brand recognition. That's what still people think of Star Trek and they, Liking is not the issue. It's that's what they remember. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like the people like, making the decisions. It's so yeah. fucking weird to me. Yeah, and that's what Star Trek is. We have to go back to the beginning, and we had the reboot, and, like, and that was about going back to Kirk and Spock. So in their so. minds, it's no different than this newly announced Greatest American Hero reboot. Nobody fucking watched that show. That's I, I'm forty, and that show was too young for me. So you, you're at most catering to someone that was forty five at most. To nostalgia to when that show started. Yeah. So, you're, right. to, so you're, yeah. your template is to like... Suits make bad decisions. You're not going to be catering to 45-year-olds. You're going to be catering to younger people, so you're just going to make it a TV sh- It's a brand you could have got with a superhero you don't have to think too much about. But that's what Star Trek was. And you know what? They're gonna, you know the most recognizable thing from Greatest American Hero is the theme song, and they're going to fuck that up. Yeah, I guess the suit. and <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Never thought I could feel so... Free. But if it starts on that, who everybody on earth is going to turn the fuck out of that show. Nobody's going to... Who could it be? Who could, keep talking. Could it be? Well, we should probably get into... Move on to our rewatch meter, don't we? It's just me. <laughs> sorry, that's our new podcast. We're going over the uh, doing Greatest, Greatest American Hero. I remember that that's his right. coach ate dog biscuits. Oh, fucking I just gross. remember it was a goofy-looking, curly-headed... Rod and Todd looking. Yeah, it, was, it was William Cat. It was William Cat. I don't know who that is. I know him from something else too. He's William Cat. Who's that? I, it was the, the guy great, from Greatest American Hero. And something else, like literally just something else. Uh, okay. Uh, so what were you saying here? And we we should get on to the. Oh, so they they get Darver back. They go back to the time. They pull the Klingon. They save Kirk. They convince the temporal time cops. The one of them is kind of a hard ass, and then. Cisco is like, yeah, I did one extra thing where I said hi to Kirk and said I respected him, and he said hi to me. I just had to. And nerd cornering a bit, that uh, composite scene was not from Trouble with Tribbles. I feel like they just cut that from another Star Trek episode. Yeah, I think so. Where Kirk says, hello, Lieutenant, and they cut in Avery Brooks. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So anyways, and then the one guy is such a Kirk fanboy, he's like, I think I can let that slide. And the other guy's giving him the stink guy because he's an IRS guy that's a hard ass. And then they go back and Odo has been like, these things are beautiful. I love triples. And Worf has even pointed out that they've been hunted to extinction by hundreds of Klingon warriors were sent across the galaxy to exterminate the triple home world. So apparently by the end of the 23rd century, all the triples were gone. They were extinct. Thank you, Klingons. Jump back to the end. The time cops have left. Odo comes up to Cisco and says, did you tell them everything? It's like, well, they didn't ask, so I didn't tell them. And turns out Odo brought a triple back and they're all over 
Cork's Bar and the Promenade. And, oh my God, this is a real mess. Maybe we should put them in another space station. This is definitely going to be a problem that persists to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it does. I haven't watched it yet. No, I did. It doesn't. <laughs> William Cat was in the great John Milius surfing film Big Wednesday. That's what I was trying to remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's mm. where I know the guy from. No, you don't I know all your John Milius films? <laughs> oh, I, I watched that Canon documentary, <laughs> and I learned about Big Wednesday, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, the end. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, right. yeah. so this is the one thing I've, I learned by watching this episode, is that nostalgia is fine, and technological wizardry is fine, but it is like the first thing that fades. And this is a good story, and I'm not knocking it. It's like you're about to. But like, <laughs> this episode would have been better with a tighter story. I like this episode a lot. I, I really enjoyed this one. It's fine. I was just saying that like, it's as fine as it's going to be without actually having a story worth a damn. So it's hard to remember like, I will probably put this on my white album. I don't know if I will. But, but I don't think that other people would have fun watching this episode. You know, like, if you don't already have a tied-in love to it, it's like it's like comedy and Shakespeare. It's not really funny. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you're too removed from it. And so you have to like, you have to sort of like say, you to, if you don't know, if you don't, yeah, I know what you're saying. If you have to study to learn why something's funny, it's not funny. Yeah. What? Shakespeare's, it's all dick and pussy jokes, yeah, but man. Yeah, so you have to learn yeah, like yeah. 15 different words for dick and pussy. Yeah, nobody, though, get, we, yeah. nobody gets it though. So sure, it's not funny. fair, fair. Um, well, you got to learn how to do it, right? The, the, the learning, <laughs> he's right on this, the learning dictates the problem. But uh, I'm going to be an elitist on this and say, I've never laughed at anything as much as I've laughed at Shakespeare. That's a lie. What is it? There's a Dave Berman quote. If you know someone who's generally laughed at a Shakespeare joke, you should avoid them or something like that. They're like, he used it as like a, he judged people who genuinely liked his Shakespeare jokes. Well, <laughs> Dave Berman, the poet, or Rick Berman, the Dave, Star Trek Dave, producer? Dave Berman. The poet and lead <laughs> yeah. singer of Silver Jews. Fuck that guy. I, lo- I love Shakespeare. He he's not the. I I, I don't look to him for my. No, uh, but uh, <laughs> but his point I, was that the, his point was that humor fades, and I think my point is nostalgia fades and technological wonder fades. Sure. And I think that that that, that this is cool. This is not like a misstep. I understand why they did this. I'm glad they did this. This was a lot of fun. You get to have a scene where Avery Brooks is talking to Kirk. It's right. cool. But. I feel like maybe I I do enjoy this episode a lot more now that I have a podcast about Star Trek. Yeah. And I'm a little bit more inundated in it. Yeah, there's um, a lot more lore to argue over. I don't think I would have cared too much about it, who Emery fucked or when. But uh, if I was just sitting watching this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got on that. Um, the, big, the big lore that people bring up is usually the Worf and the Klingon yeah. stuff, which... Which is the first time that they directly answer the difference. I wish they didn't i don't know i most people that aren't star trek and enterprise people fans that i know it's like wharf sensor is probably the best like we don't talk about it just just let's just not go there please just you know yeah it's kind of like how the bible the first chapter of genesis of the bible describes the creation of the world and the second chapter of genesis in the bible like goes over the creation of the world but it's different yeah yeah. it's totally different so uh, right it's almost as if the you don't need to worry about like which one's the right one that's probably how i feel with klingons like just 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 don't go back don't look back don't look back guys don't worry about it don't sweat it (laughs) yeah yeah don't overthink they were in three episodes if they were highly developed and then they changed how they looked 
That'd bother me. They're in three episodes. They're unimportant. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Well, luckily that never happens. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yes, they had to open the Pandora's box, and now we have to have Crisis on Infinite Klingon foreheads. So, yeah, yeah. So there we go. That you're right. That thanks this yep. episode for that. But all told, it's a good, fun episode. It could have been better with a better story. But they even mm-hmm. talk about on this make, making of that they had to write, they specifically had to write scenes around pre-existing shit. Yeah, that that is completely obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to, like, basically write in the gaps, and that's a mess. That's no way to tell a story, but it's fun. It's a, it's guileless. It's a way to do a puzzle. Sure, sure. It's, a, it's definitely, yeah. it yeah. works like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, this, this is a great mystery yeah, yeah. box episode. I bet episode. they had a great time <laughs> working on this all up and down. Oh, yeah, yeah. It right. was Renee Echeverria's idea. Yeah. Uh, Ron, Ronald D. Moore threw a bunch of shit on top of it, so he can call it, you know, their idea. But they give uh, Iris Stephen Barron. This is everybody gets a bow, like all the story credit. Like everybody got a credit. Oh, I saw one, when like, it's like story or script, but it took up the yeah. whole fucking screen. It's like everybody yeah, was on so, board for this. The, the, everybody was trying to get a paycheck on this one because they thought it would be pay, it would be the most syndicated. So the, all the writers' room took credits on it. Oh so. uh, yeah. Where where do you guys put this on your rewatch? This is this is the definition of a rewatch, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. I, it's not. It it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I would put it higher. I actually would. I, I, this I, is, this is a ten time. for me. This is the, yeah. this is what I would yeah. rewatch for. I'd put it at nine. Yeah, I think I would go. I think I'd go a ten. Yeah, I think I, I I think I had a romping good time. It's one of those episodes where I'd rewatch more than I like. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. very watchable. Yes. Yeah. Because it doesn't have much of a real driving plot that's interesting. Yeah. You're just kind of like looking at how neat everything looks. Yeah. Yeah. To go. Like, oh, where's that? How are they gonna? It's the opposite of that Jake in a hole with a dying man screaming at him episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the exact opposite of that. All quiet on the on the western front. Yeah. Okay, guys. Now the real big question of the evening. Oh. What do you oh. think the good people of the IMDb think of this? Now this week Ooh. we're gonna let Wade go first we with his are. guess. But I will. Uh, I usually go first, and I usually fuck it up. I'm gonna go eight straight. Oh, eight. I'm gonna. I want to go nine straight nine. This has 1,606 votes. Whoa! This Holy is by shit. far the most popular Deep Space Nine. Uh, episode on IMDb and it's a 9.3. People love the shit yeah. out of this one, boys. Yeah, uh, yeah. that checks out. <laughs> I should have gotten higher. <laughs> so, so, yeah. All right. All right. Next week, it, the episode is called uh, Toxic Masculinity and everybody goes to Ryza. Oh, oh yeah. I watched this episode. I, I mm-hmm. Spoilers. I liked it more than I thought I would remember. Well, it, it is season but. five. That's an mm-hmm. interesting thing, isn't it? That season yeah, five yeah. is is it's like I was like, oh my god, it's this episode. It's like, well, okay, all right, it's this episode. All right, mm-hmm. say no more. This will be very interesting. All right, guys. Something I've been thinking about ever since I saw that ship on the view screen. Excuse me, Captain. Here's tomorrow's duty roster for your approval. Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Benjamin Cisco, sir. I've been on temporary assignment here. Before I leave, I just want to say it's been an honor serving with you, sir. All right, Lieutenant, carry on. Thank you, sir. Wade, do you want to let people know how they can get a hold of us and all that good stuff? Uh, 
Yeah, I guess I can do that. Uh, yeah, no, no. I, I would love to let people know how they can get a hold of us. Uh, give us a call at 917-408-3898. Uh, that's the Kickers of Elves hotline number. So let us know what you think about Trouble of Tribbles, <laughs> Trials and Tribulations, uh, Deep Space Nine, whatever. Yeah, reach out there. Or if you are international or just don't feel like calling us, but you want to send us an audio file or an email even, you can do that at podcast at gmail.com. We'll listen to that too. And if you like us, or if you hate us, <laughs> but you still want to support us, but you probably like us if you want to do that. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash kickersofelves where we have a lot of extra uh, content up there. We've got a whole podcast series about Frank Herbert's Dune, um, much a Dune about nothing, and other stuff coming up. we got a lot of things over there, so if you want to support us, go do that. And do all the other things that every podcast wants you to do, like and subscribe, blah, 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 blah. I've talked enough. All right. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us uh, for another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We hope you join us next week. Wait, wait. A podcast? An episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine? Oh, what did I say? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Thanks again for, <laughs> for, for joining us on the rules of acquisition. Uh, <laughs> so we will talk about we'll another episode next... of Deep Space Nine. Yes. Yeah, 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 this is close enough. I say that. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, all right, well, for Wade, James, and myself, three to beam out. (laughs) Wow. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. 3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.